The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, it is with the deepest of sadness that we report to you the passing of Mr. Wonderful Paul Orendorf. Let us take a moment, reflect, and listen to the 10 bell salute. Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk in partnership with TheChairShot.com, presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network and in association with NDPW.com. Turnbuckle Talk is sponsored by CollarAndElbowBrand.com, where you get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST. Turnbuckle Talk is also partnered with Phoenix at FNXFit.com, where you get 15% off all your health supplements simply by using promo code TBTALKPOD. Follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TV Talk Pod. Listen on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere you catch your favorite programs. And now, pro wrestling fanatics, are you ready? Here are your hosts, Muddy Joe Morin and Carl Carafel. That's right, everybody. My name is Carl Carafel, alongside my broadcast colleague, Mighty Joe, and this is Turnbuckle Talk. Yeah, absolutely, man. Today's episode is going to be a great one, even with the sad news that we heard just at the very beginning of this, which just coming out about two hours ago, uh, we did learn of the passing, and um, yeah, quite... uh, Quite sad, uh, but almost expected, given the recent issues that we have seen uh, with the health of Mr. Paul Orndorff. Uh, Mighty Joe, I cut you off there, and I apologize for that. Uh, Go ahead and uh, finish off uh, what you were saying there before we introduce our friend. Yeah, man, just I think a name that... Even amongst us, you know, have been around for a while watching wrestling, tend to kind of forget about uh, guys like Paul Orndorff and just how important and pivotal that they were. And a name that I think is probably definitely uh, lost on the newer generation of wrestling fan who probably doesn't even know who he is. So maybe we can shed a little bit of light on that. And just, I mean, he was just like when we first started watching wrestling, he was somebody that was kind of like a good foil, kind of played the opposite of a lot of uh, really notable names. Uh, that we started off watching here, and I'll, I'll bring in our, our guest here, the returning Mr. Dr. Jargo here. Welcome back to Termuggle Talk, sir. And um, as you're uh, just hearing, you know, we're talking about Mr. Paul Orndorff. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, on this man? Like I said, you know, somebody who I think um, really, really kind of goes unrecognized um, for he was a lot better. I think a lot of people give him credit for him. People, like I said, one of those names that gets, that gets forgotten, and it's, it's a shame because he was really, really, uh, he was something. In a weird way, when you look back on the career of Hulk Hogan, uh, Mr. Wonderful very well may have been the the second biggest thing to happen to Hulk Hogan, the first being Bobby the Brain Heenan, um, but it, which correlates directly to Mr. Wonderful, right? Yeah. Uh, that initial feud, that's what really got Hogan over as a baby face inside of the WWF as Hulkamania started to run wild, brother. It was it was the Heenan family versus Hulk Hogan, and one of the very first people up was Mr. Wonderful Paul Orendorf. He was an absolute technician in the ring who looked like a million bucks, especially with Bobby Heenan by his side to do the talking. Yep. Absolutely vital in those early days of Hulkamania. And you're absolutely right, Joe. He doesn't get nearly the credit he should because he 
in a weird way, he kind of had that Dolph Ziggler thing working <laughs> for him, right? Yeah. Where you felt like he could beat anybody at any given moment in time, but primarily he went out there and his job was to get other people over, you yeah. know? So yeah. I, it, it's absolutely awful. It sounds like um, he was suffering from quite a bit of dementia. It sounds like an autopsy will be done to look for CTE specifically. Mm. Um, so it, it, I, we appreciate him even post-mortem now, as it sounded like he was donating his brain to one of the biggest concerns inside of the pro wrestling and football industry today. I mean, people forget that he used to play professional football too, you know? So I, it'll be very interesting to watch Mr. Wonderful's legacy continue to unfold now, even after his passing. For sure. Definitely it is. It's going to be very interesting to see the results of this. Um, if if you people have not, just go on to Google and you, you can Google, uh, you know, uh, concussions and pro wrestling. And there is a whole plethora of information out there on that. There's even documentaries that have been done and documentaries that are continuing to be done as well. Uh, and I mean, you, you, you got to think getting kicked in the head as many times as some of these people have, there's obviously going to be some sort of damage that happens. Watching him at the age of six, Mr. Wonderful made wrestling seem so real, so intense. He definitely was. Thanks for joining us. I really appreciate that. Um, Yeah, very much so. Just, Just a guy that really made things look very legitimate. Speaking of legitimacy, (laughs) All Elite Wrestling has made a new debut to their roster. Somebody that I feel is a legitimate professional wrestler. Somebody that I personally think is one of the uh, great talents inside of that ring. Um, unfortunately, I, his, his run in the WWE came to an end, I think a little too short. And we're talking about Mr. Alistair <laughs> Black, Mr. Tommy yeah. and um, a name that uh, a lot of people recognize as Alistair Black. Um, I'm going to start this off with Mr. J, our friend Jargo. What do you think about this and uh, Alistair Black or Tommy End going to AEW? It's a great signing for AEW. And I mean, you want to talk about a coup. Um, right. My understanding of how this thing was supposed to happen um, people were like, well, what about his 90 day clause? Well, Alistair Black didn't have one because the NXT talent are on a 30 day no compete clause where the main roster is on a 90 day no compete clause, but they never updated his contract when he got called up to the main roster. So this was a real coup. Like nobody was actually expecting this to happen at this point. I think we all kind of expected that he would end up inside of AEW. That part wasn't a surprise, but it's a hell of a debut. Um, I completely agree with you, Carl. I, I think that Alistair Black was severely underutilized on the main roster. He could have been some kind of a cross between, you know, The Undertaker and CM Punk. And instead, they just made him look like an absolute punk and did nothing with him. Uh, but you can see why, right? Like, I, I just finished Daniel Bryan's book, Yes right the other day and he talks about his first meetings with vince mcmahon and he could just tell that vince mcmahon was looking at him like where's the rest of you yeah (laughs) yeah and you can tell like that was kind of the thing with alistair black too right like he's basically a junior heavyweight and when you put him in the ring with somebody roman reigns it presents a bit of an issue however when you put him in the ring with somebody like a kenny omega or a john moxley there's not really an issue there. I think Tommy End, Malachi Black, Alistair Black, or as good old JR likes to call him, whatever he's called this week, um, he could be an absolute huge star for AEW should yeah. they decide to push him in that direction. Yeah. For me, uh, our, our friend Ryan and Chad here saying praying with Cody is going to be an awesome, uh, awesome in the ring. However, outside the ring, it pisses me off that Cody booked um, that – 
Yeah, I, I, I could see why people maybe aren't digging that. But good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but good, um, because Cody's going to turn heel at some point, and this is all going to be part of for that sure. story. I would agree with that. Um, for for myself, I, I really like the they, the debut, like like the the actual like what actually happened. I absolutely hate the way that it was put over on commentary, especially for Mr. Excalibur. Um, like him, like still putting himself over as a wrestler instead of like the focus being on Malachi Black debuting Excalibur. Goes, he's got to be, Oh, that's a guy that I used to wrestle way back when and blah, blah, blah. And, and like, he couldn't decide on the name. It's just like, it's, it was really awkward the way that he was like trying to get this over while still trying to get himself over at the same time. I, I wasn't digging that at all. I thought the actual debut you know, him taking out Arn and Cody, that was fantastic. Although they almost missed it with the camera angle, but that, that's that's a nitpick. But like the the way that Excalibur put it out on over on commentary, wasn't a fan of that. But uh, like the actual debut, I'm cool with it. And it, it's it, it's it's weird too because like the 30 day thing, like how did WWE miss this? Like when when he was brought over to the main roster, quote unquote, that that contract should have been updated. Like we're missing, you know, not only are we like messing up a lot of the big picture and you know, other kind of staff stuff. Now we're like, we're not even getting the, getting the basic shit, right? We're not even getting wrestlers contracts done properly. Like that's not good. Well, a, a couple of things. Number one, that's going to fall on Johnny Ace, right? Yeah. Um, number two, the WWE isn't normally really like jumping out there. Like, Hey, we got to update your contracts. We got to pay you more money. If he was still on an NXT contract, you can bet he was still getting paid his NXT salary too. Yeah. Yes. Now the other thing I want what I want to bring up when I actually um, was in the process of getting Jargo on the program today, you brought me in on a very interesting fact that I want to get out there because I've even been guilty of saying that this on this program that AEW just seems to hire like every kind of WWE talent. Well, here is the the hard numbers from the stat man himself, Mister J, not to be mistaken by Mister J, uh, who does poetry, the promo for Love Wrestling. We're talking Mister. Jay, I'm probably not saying that right, but uh, uh, the facts rate from Mr. Jargo here. Since 2019, when uh, AEW started, WWE has released or let the contract expire of 98 wrestlers. 98, right? And AEW has signed 14 of them. Impact has signed 10 of them. And in that same time span, WWE has signed 11 former Impact stars. Those numbers were honestly a little surprising to me because I thought it would have been higher, but the facts and the numbers speak for themselves. And and here's the other thing, right? When, when you talk about the talents that they're signing, people forget, you can't lump the big show and Alistair Black into the same category, no. right? Like Alistair Black and Andrade signing with All Elite Wrestling to me could be potentially i'm not comparing these talents but this could be eddie benoit eddie guerrero and chris benoit when they left wcw and came to wwe i mean like these are talents that were mishandled by the wwe that should have been so much better than they were i mean they got Alistair Blackmore over in three minutes on aew than he did in the wwe in a year that says a lot. It's crazy. It, it is lot, definitely man. crazy. Yeah. Now, Joe, you you spoke about the uh, the camera angle. I actually kind of liked that. Yeah, I was very much so a fan of that because it added a little bit more to that element of surprise. Yeah, for me. Yeah, uh, I this was a legit shock for me, considering we all figured there was a ninety day no yeah. compete clause put in there. Yeah. So for me, it was a legit shock, and I was happy about it. The other thing I want to t- touch on before we get to the next um, issue or topic here, the fading to black before type of a thing. Uh, this still kind of rubs me the wrong way. Like I don't, I don't know exactly how you guys feel about it, but like I feel like this just ha- like it happens so often here in North America, and we never explain why the lights go out. Like, like I think people just expect it now. Hey, you know, the debut is going to happen. So the lights are going, okay. But you know, but why did the lights actually go out? You know, like say most recently, um, I forget what show it was at Jargo, but it was at a new Japan show where they actually 
took the lights down and then came back. But then they actually explained, they actually told you the reasoning why and who actually shut the lights off. And Damn Chato! Right? But here in North America, it's like, well, it's it's just, it's a mystery. Or we just, uh, it just it's just something that, that happens. Like, I don't know. Uh, Carl, what, what's what's your take on the uh, the blackout gimmick before a surprise or debut happens? It's just, that's it. It's just a surprise. Yeah. I mean, it's expected, right? And I mean, it, people associate the lights going out with a debut. So they just continue to use it. Yeah. And that's the only reason. I mean, there's there can be no other reason why that I, I, I can think of. Just that, because it's that element of surprise, as well as they yeah. know that when the lights go out, it's either sting. But well, what's causing the lights to go or, out? Or, you know. Right. Like I, I could see. Well, it's, for, it's just it's just production. It's just production value is all that yeah. it is. But for like for, for me, it works for like an Undertaker or maybe like a Sting or like a like an Alistair Black or Malachi Black or Tommy End or whatever. And then you know, or Bray Wyatt or the Fiend. Like I can get messing with the lights there because it fits kind of with the character and the paranormal activity shit going on. But for just like a regular debut of a regular dude, the lights coming off and going back on. I, it just it doesn't make sense to me. What's your take on uh, on the lights out, Jargo? Because I know I think you're I think you're kind of on, I think you're kind of on the same way like as me on this, right? It, the problem is it's so overused, yeah. right? I mean, I mean that that's the biggest issue with it. Um, I did like that they teased it during the QT Marshall yes. and Cody match where yeah. it was like the lights went off, came back on, and nothing happened. Yeah. So it was like, oh well, maybe they're just having some kind of a electrical <laughs> issue. Let me hit the antenna. You know? yeah. Yeah, because, you know, sometimes things happen. Um, sometimes you have Dick Togo or you, you have Jado backstage just sitting by the light switch waiting for Yano and Evil to be in the middle of their match so they can shut off the lights and then Evil can get the upper hand on Yano and then you turn the lights back on and it all leads to a blindfold match because that makes complete sense. <laughs> um, it, I'm with you. I like having an explanation for things and when things happen, why things happen. Like, didn't they AEW do one of these before where it was like Jurassic Express was backstage and, and yeah. they accidentally unplugged something. And, and that was the whole reason the lights went out. Like yeah. I, I do like to have, even if it's a stupid explanation, <laughs> just give me an explanation because yeah. as it stands right now, I can only assume that Malachi black has a mole inside of the AEW control room yeah. who is just going to start playing nothing, but you know, Malachi black highlights during <laughs> whenever he wants to, you yeah. know, because he has complete control over the entire presentation inside of the arena. Yeah. Well, having said that, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do in AEW. There are some potential good matchups there. And like you said, like we like we've said here that you know he's more over in a very short segment than that entire year on the uh, the main WWE roster. So kind of sad, it's, right? Uh, it's pretty crazy when you think about it. All right, Carl, what do we have next for news? Because th this is one that I think is uh, I mean, there's a lot of ways that we can approach this, but I'll let you kind of kick this off here. We have a drunken Jimmy Uso who is still on television <sighs> and discuss. I'll, Good, I'll, bad. I'll, I'll Should it have happened? Should he still be on television? Should they have just taken him off and uh, storyline said something mm. about it? What do you think should have happened? Jargo, go first. Yeah. Well, I guess number one, why would they take him off? Yeah. I mean, what 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 would be your justification for taking him off of television for this? To maybe to get him some rehab. Or because now he there's a bad uh, bad light Sean on the WWE and this is uh, uh, your punishment. I feel like there are much bigger, brighter, bad lights to put on the WWE than one of their talents yeah. getting intoxicated and driving under the influence. Yeah. Um, I, I this is one of those things to me where I don't hold a double standard to WWE talent any more so. Then, you know, John Smith, who works, you know, down at the local hardware store and uh, he got pulled over for drunk driving. So the hardware store should fire him. No, yeah. that, that's not how things work here. Um, will, will there be some kind of punishment coming from inside of the company? I'm sure. 
Yeah. But now is a terrible time. Like you can't completely derail plans going forward towards SummerSlam because one of the Usos was a freaking idiot and went and was driving intoxicated again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't feel like that is the WWE's job in any way, shape or form to, to be policing their locker room when they're not inside of the locker room, when, you're, when yeah. they're on their own time. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I don't hold celebrities to this double standard any yeah. more so than like, I, I, I know people that have gotten a DUI. Should they not be allowed to go to work? Sure. Like it, it yeah. just doesn't make any sense to me. You know, and of course, you know, social media and fans, uh, strangely enough, they've targeted Naomi uh, to the point where they're, they're blaming her for what's kind of going on. Now she's delete, deleted her social media. Like Good. it's just, it's uh, just completely toxic uh, for her, unfortunately, which, which really kind of sucks. You know, my, my only fear with, uh, I, I, I agree 100% they know that taking him off is probably the raw move because they're in the midst of kind of what's going along storyline wise my concern now keeping in mind I haven't watched Smackdown so I don't know if they've already done this but my fear is that this gets written into the storyline okay now now it already did Friday did, night did they did they actually use it in the story well, I don't know if it, if it was actually part of the script, but his brother just straight up took a shot at him in the yeah. middle of the ring over the microphone about yeah. it. Right. Yeah. See, see, that's where I can kind of have the issue, like the stuff they did with Jeff Hardy. It's like, hey, you know, we know that the guy has like a problem. Well, what, see, but know? here's my thing, Joe. Like pro yeah. wrestling is the best when it mirrors reality. When it, when it absolutely, it, yeah. when you get this kind of media attention, I feel like did they have to address it? Absolutely. Yeah. They did so as, you know, both a shoot and in, inside of the storyline to make it work. I mean, like I don't have any problem with any of this. Yeah. I I, I guess my my issue kind of is, is I you know, given that this has happened quite a few times now, I mean, I think the dude needs some help, right? What the dude needs is to call an Uber. Yeah, right? But I mean, I mean, the, the way the yeah. I don't know how the alcohol laws are up there in, in Scandinavia, but I can guarantee you here in the United States, they're pretty damn strict. Oh, like, yeah. like technically, if you have like two beers inside of an hour, you are going to be over the blood alcohol yeah. content limit here in the United States. Was he that. like fall over stupid drunk? No. I have no idea. No. Did he have two beers when he should have only had one? I have no yeah. idea, but it's real easy to get a DUI, especially in some states. And when you're traveling around as much as they are, I mean, do, I could go to the bar right now, have a small pitcher and drive home, be completely fine. But I guarantee you, if I would be pulled over by a police officer, I would be over the blood alcohol content limit. Probably, I mean, yeah. it's, yeah. but again, it's not my employer's job then to turn around and punish me for it. It's very, very true. Very but, very true. okay, so your employer isn't on a national worldwide stage, though, whereas the WWE is. Yeah. So worldwide, they have heard and know because of the power of the Internet that this WWE superstar, which is how every news site is touting it, WWE superstar Jimmy Uso arrested for DUI. Now, does that make a difference? Because the company is worldwide, limelight, and he's being showcased on these news sites as WWE superstar. Could you imagine if we had Twitter and 24-7 wrestling news media back in the oh, 70s while yeah. Blair was on top? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'd be, you know what I'm saying? We'd be, like, we'd be burying everybody on a daily friggin' basis, right? Right. Yeah. You know, it, it's that, that that is a big factor to uh, take into account here. This, this it's toxic. Media. Naomi, stay off social media. Yeah. It's toxic. I can only imagine. Like, I haven't seen the the posts and the heat that she got but i could just imagine because there's a lot of ass hats out there uh, some that even well we'll get to that in our showstopper segment uh, before i uh, get too far ahead of myself but uh carl what do we have next here uh where we're looking for talent in weird places these days 
Well, we're, we talk about social media. TikTok is a new form of social media that's out there. And for some reason or another, the WWE is looking for in-ring talent over TikTok. This um, is something that I know absolutely nothing about. I've heard nothing about this. I have TikTok, and I have not even seen this. So where this comes from, uh, Mighty Joe, you're going to have to explain that because I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, Vince McMahon um, realizing the power of social media. So we are looking for talents on TikTok. Um, cool. Wait, you, you think this order came directly from Vince McMahon? You think Vince McMahon knows what a oh. TikTok is? I, I, I'm guessing somebody obviously from down lower, but I'll widen it. <laughs> you advantage. imagine Vince on TikTok? <laughs> yeah. That, that might actually be entertaining, especially if we had the Mr. Oh. McMahon character. Um, but yeah. yeah um, I mean, fine. I mean, we're looking for, for good talkers, but is this really a good place to look for when it comes to actual in-ring talent? I don't know about that aspect of it. That's what, what my concern is. Mr. J is on fire, absolutely. Uh, what do you think, Jargo, about looking for wrestlers on, on social media here? I mean, it's uh, kind of tricky, right? <laughs> you, you, talent is everywhere, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think that they... they ab- Yes, you should be looking at TikTok. You should be looking at sure. Facebook. You should be looking at Twitter. You should be looking at Instagram, especially if you have somebody on the independent scene who is going viral and it is going viral quite often to the point that you're like, hey, maybe I need to take a look at this kid. And maybe that kid ends up being Darby Allen. Maybe that kid ends up being Mick Foley jumping off of his father's roof. You know what I mean? Like there, there is talent everywhere i think this is absolutely ridiculous though I, I i think tiktok is the absolute devil and the only uh talent that you're gonna find on tiktok is going to come from china because everything on tiktok runs through the people's republic of china and they're taking facial recognition i mean like the, we could turn this into a conspiracy horseman episode real <laughs> quick here guys For sure. like I, I i have banned my children from having tiktok because yeah. i i just think it's absolutely awful read those terms and conditions ladies and gentlemen. for sure i mean they, it, they, that that place is scary and just myself i know it's a good place to to get some exposure uh i, I guess my always beef um, beef with it has been just it's I think it's kind of killing the attention spans of people, you know, and as people like us who put right. out some longer content, you know, that's But my, I mean, is, is it looking for talent on TikTok? Is it any different than looking for talent on Instagram or probably, Facebook probably or not. Twitter? I mean, probably you're looking not. for some, you're looking for somebody or someone, something, some move, some gimmick yeah. that has went viral. Right. Yeah. And that's what they're looking for is somebody who knows how to get themselves over without the WWE corporate machine yeah. so that we can bring you in and send you to catering every day for the next six <laughs> months and then release you and wish you the best in your future endeavors. Yeah. So it seems as though that there is no more going to local shows <laughs> and watching yeah. to see what's happening because they can do it from the comfort of their own home now. Yep. And that's exactly where uh, things go with the entire social media aspect of things. It just it's an easier way for scouting. And if you know much. anything about Vince, like if you read like Jim Ross's book, anything like that when Vince McMahon looks at somebody's highlight tape, when they would bring him tape in yeah. back in the day, he's looking at two minutes. That's yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, and that's one thing I've always tried to beat into musicians heads when, when it comes to laying out your album, the first song on the album has to catch people's attention. And the first 30 seconds better be really damn good because that's all an A&R executive is going to listen to. That's very, very, very good point. All right, Carl, we got a, a couple more, we'll have a few more things before we get to some breaking news or a match of the week here, but uh, we're talking a couple upcoming shows. What do we got for a couple up, upcoming shows that we want to talk about, man? Well, go ahead and tell everybody. Um, I guess first one would be Slammiversary. Um, there's a couple of really interesting matches, and the one I kind of want to focus on, I guess, is um, this matchup with Kenny Omega and Sammy Callahan for that Impact World Championship. I mean, that one kind of instantly stands out to me as one that I'm kind of interested in. And I'm not the hugest Kenny Omega fan, especially in the North American uh, wrestling context, but this, but a matchup with Sammy Callahan, I'm intrigued. Are you guys as well? I'd be more intrigued if Kenny Omega was a babyface and Sammy Callahan was the heel. 
Yeah, I would agree with I, that. I, I feel like I this is kind of backwards, don't you? A little bit. The psychology is a little reversed, yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. It's 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 reversed. It it sucks. I mean, is it going to be a good it's match? Yeah, I definitely I mean, think it's going to be a good match. But yeah. it sucks that the roles are are so reversed like this. Um, I mean, our, our, I I don't watch Impact Wrestling. Like yeah. full disclosure, right? Like I'll tune into a pay per view if I, if I know that something like Sammy Callahan versus Kenny Omega is going down, yeah. right? But. I, I, I just I cannot imagine Sammy Callahan in that like avenging angel. I'm coming to take the impact. I'm the company guy coming to take the title back from Kenny Omega. Like this feels like it should be a better program than what it is. Yeah, it definitely that. should be. And, uh, you know, un- unfortunately, I don't see the uh, impact championship going back to impact right now for yeah. exactly that reason because i mean as great as sammy callahan is he's a full-blown freaking heel oh, okay yeah. is and he playing a heel character right now pretty much he is so yeah. it's a heel heel matchup yeah. yeah yeah essentially that's what it is which which really that's why i said it sucks because so isn't i don't want to see that isn't the bigger biggest fear going into this matchup are are fans going to be there for this to my understanding, yes. They're going to cheer Kenny Omega. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do, do you want Kenny Omega cheered right now? If No. No. Whether you're yeah. Impact or yeah. AEW or AAA or, like, yeah. and, this just seems like a bad idea. And then cheering Sammy doesn't feel right either because, I mean, he's always, always been the bad guy, too. So, yeah, that, I get the, the dynamic is a little odd. Um, but I mean, hopefully they can still pull off something decent. So that's that's. I'm all sure the match will be great. Yeah. Oh, yes. But the fans are gonna cheer Kenny Omega, and that's not good yeah. for long term business. That's very, for very anybody. True. Very very yeah. true. Um, Deanna Perrazzo taking on yet an unnamed opponent for the Knockouts Championship. Uh, it'd be interesting to see who she takes on. Of course, Deanna Perrazzo, one of the best women pro wrestlers uh, going right now. Uh, that Who's al- even available? That's another really good question. As we know, Chelsea Green isn't available because she is now with Ring of Honor, so she's off the table. So I was kind of hoping that maybe she could have done something there. But, uh, yeah, so be interesting to see. Definitely uh, it will be. So this next one will mm. let uh, – Mr. J, take uh, uh, take us through here with a preview of the New Japan Pro Wrestling G1. G1 Climax is coming, and it's coming soon. Mm, um, Joe, do you got the dates there? It's September, middle of September through basically like the end of October, right? Yeah, it, it's quickly become one of my favorite things to happen in professional wrestling. And I think, you know, coming out of this pandemic, I'm hoping – that we can get some of our North American friends over there involved and make it a little bit bigger uh, because last year's G1 was pretty small uh, when we look back on the history of the G1. So I'm hoping that we can get some more peeps involved in this because, dude, I love the G1. Well, it is 19 dates again this year. Yeah. Um, so it, it looks like we'll probably have 16 competitors okay. inside of the tournament. Uh, for those who do not know what the G1 Climax is, mm. this is – if WrestleMania is pro wrestling fan Christmas, then the G1 Climax is Hanukkah, where this <laughs> thing goes on for a month yeah. and a half, uh, and it's a round-robin tournament. So you have A block, you have B block, uh, it, two points for a win, one point for a draw, zero points for a loss, and the winner of the G1 Climax, the winner of this tournament, will go on to Wrestle Kingdom, presumably, to uh, face off with whoever the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion is come January 4th inside of the Tokyo Dome for their biggest show of the year because, you know, Hanukkah ends with Christmas, right? So this year, the the lineup is really, really stacked. Uh, When you look at the access to talent that they are going to have for the G1 Climax, it's going to be ridiculous again this year. but I, I feel like more than any year, I feel like it's kind of predetermined who is going to take this year's tournament, which I'm completely fine with. If, if you guys want to get into predictions, we can do that. Um, it's just it, everything seems so clear cut for me at this point inside of the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. 
the biggest question is going to be is will osprey able mm. to be inside of the g1 climax this year because that would make for a very interesting final if you have uh who I presume to be the winner of the A block versus Osprey is the winner of the B block. Um, it, it's the best time of year when it comes to professional wrestling, man. Every every year coming out of the G1 climax, it seems like a half a dozen match of the year candidates end up rearing their head for the, from this tournament, and at least you know half of those are going to fa- feature Tomohiro Ishii uh, <laughs> because that's what the yeah. Stone Pitbull does. Uh, I, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. It's a little bit later on this year than it normally is. Normally yeah. happens in August, but because of the Olympics, they they pushed it back again this year. So wrestling Hanukkah, man, coming soon to New Japan Pro Wrestling. For sure, man. I'm looking I'm like, and I'm hoping that we can get some North America. Like I'm hoping even to maybe get Mox uh involved in that tournament again because i think it's say he brings i want the machine gun and machine gun as well you know to bring some north american eyes to the new japan pro wrestling product and uh yeah dude i'm just excited as well and uh, as you and i were chatting earlier today and i'm i'm hoping that carl would agree with me and uh, you on this that i think this is uh okada's tournament to win this year it very much feels that way right yeah i mean like every year it feels like it's going to be okada's year to win every like last year completely seemed like okay this is it like okada is getting back into the title picture he went 522 days between championship matches that's crazy you know when you think about it it's crazy yeah before he lost the title to shingo takagi so it it seems like okay we're gonna put okada in the main event picture we're gonna keep him relevant towards the title because okada is the champion even if he doesn't have the title like that's very much his role inside of the company put him in the main event he loses to shingo so now he has to go win the g1 climax so that he can get another shot at shingo takagi six months down the road like it just it, it just seems like so cut and dry for me at this point like this is Okada's year, especially with Switchblade Jay White already walking around with the Never title. Hmm. I don't see Ibushi going back to back to back, especially after Shingo beats him down inside of the Tokyo Dome at Wrestle Grand Slam here in a couple of weeks. Um, it, it very much seems oh, Naito and Sonata now running around with the tag titles. Right. So it, it seems very much the, like the landscape is set up for it's time to return Okada to the okada level which is you know the best in the world yeah i'm excited uh any word on i think maybe just the last bit on this um what's hiromu's status um i expect hiromu takahashi to return at power struggle in november uh that's where he debuted for new japan pro wrestling when he returned from excursion that's where he returned from injury with his broken neck uh, I very much expect that he will return in Osaka November 4th, I think it is, yeah. for uh, New Japan Power Struggle. Probably the best and I don't know what they're doing with Best of Super Juniors, if they're going to mm. do a Best of Super Juniors, but I could see Hiromu going back to back to back and winning another Best of Super Juniors, first guy to do it three years in a row and challenge for the title inside of the Tokyo Dome because as soon as Hiromu's back, you, you can bet your rear end we're going to get Hiromu <laughs> taking that title back because as much as I love El Desperado, mm. putting him in main events just doesn't put asses in seats like it does Hiromu Takahashi. Yeah, and of course those two together, absolutely Money. gold. Yeah, that matchup from, from last year, I mean, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. Go Could watch see the it. rematch this year. Go watch it. You know, we did it on Termoka. We actually covered it on Termoka Rewind with yours truly, Mr. J. Uh, go and check that out, guys. It's absolutely freaking amazing. Absolutely incredible. Amazing matchup. What do we got next, Carl? Fan question. Two weeks in a row. Uh, I, I think what we've actually answered this question before, but we've been asked it again by a different person here of what our favorite wrestling video games are. I think we're all gamers in the room here, and uh, I know definitely uh, I play a lot of wrestling video games, but I'll throw it over to my co-host here, Mr. Carl Careful. First, what would you say is your favorite wrestling game? If you're going to turn a video game console and play a wrestling game, what are you putting on? Super Nintendo. Royal Rumble. That's That was, yeah, that was childhood. 
I'm right there with you, dude. I got it for those listening, for those watching on video, you'll see it. But I'm actually holding the Genesis version. But yeah, we played the crap out of Royal Rumble on the Super Nintendo. That is tough to beat, man. A lot of fun. I, I, I still love the fact that, timed correctly, you could hip toss your friend out of the ring from the middle of the ring over to the outside. Absolutely ridiculous. Real life physics at work, folks. Uh, what about you, Jargo? What's what's uh, I, I, for me, N sixty four WWF No Mercy. Oof, that's a good choice. I, I I just I love that game engine. Yeah. Uh, and it sounds like the AEW uh, game is being basically built off of that gaming engine. So I'm I'm very excited to see what that's going to look like. But I mean, No Mercy, uh, WCW NWO Revenge, I think was built on that same game engine. There was three or four wrestling games all around the same time. And that's really when like the, the custom wrestlers really got going for, mm. you know, when, when you can make your own guys and put them into the feds and compete against your friends. <laughs> Me and uh, one of my buddies, actually, we ran our own like pro wrestling league when I was in high school where nice. we had like four different guys. And we all had our own rosters, and we'd like videotape all the freaking <laughs> matches, and it, it it was crazy. Yeah, couple Master of Puppets still, still undefeated. Nice, couple honorable mentions. Of course, the Fire Pro Wrestling World, um, a Love recent it. one, absolutely fantastic, and even more recently as well, uh, involving our friend Mr. Stevie Richards, who had a hand in uh, some development, some behind the scenes stuff. Retromania, um, a great throwback wrestling game. Uh, it's not very expensive. You can buy it on most gaming platforms these days on Switch, PS4, um, Xbox, you name it, PC. Go check I it out. It's, lo- it's a lot of fun. Up, man. I want the full arcade yes, cabinet version. That is pretty wild, man. Uh, he is one of the few to be blessed with that. Uh, that is, uh, oh, awesome. As a fan of like the old original arcade stuff, that is pretty uh, incredible looking, I will say. I'm super jealous of that, Stevie. All right, guys. Best arcade game. Best arcade game? Yes. Best arcade game, like uh, you just not even not, like, like outside, full, like like you're going into the arcade, you're gonna pop quarters into the machine. Ooh. Best arcade game, and why is it Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Turtles in Time? That's <laughs> interesting <laughs> that you had mentioned that because I'm inclined to agree with you. Um, actually, <laughs> as we speak, um, I actually have uh, coming through the wonderful folks at Amazon. I actually have a copy of that coming on Super Nintendo. Fantastic. So looking forward to that one. I'm looking forward to play it. That one definitely is a contender for me. Uh, some of the oh more com- some the of the stand more up yeah. cabinet version was yeah. so great. So good. Some of the so uh, Mortal Kombat games, of course. Uh, Mortal Kombat 2 was probably my personal favorite. That Street Fighter, another really good one. NBA Jam was a great uh, arcade uh, game. Uh, and mm. I was also a big fan of the pinball tables as well. Like that Terminator 2 pinball machine was ridiculous. It was insane. That deaf, dumb, and blind kid. He sure plays a mean <laughs> pinball. What about you, Carl? What was your uh, What was your arcade? I never I never really went to to the arcades and played any games. So yeah. I mean, yeah, like until I was in my thirties, and then uh, you know, then I then I did. But so I mean, for my childhood, really yeah. nothing. Uh, there wasn't anything. I was always playing either the uh, <laughs> uh, the 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 go karts or the yeah. uh, the mini golf or stuff like that. Right. I yeah. mean. For me, it wasn't the arcades; it was the other activities. Yeah, the uh, the carnival, like the uh, I remember infamous. This is turning the, the clock back for Carl and myself, but there was a ride called the Zipper, and that thing was it's hard to even describe to those who don't know what it is. Jargo's looking at us like we've got two heads. You, so you say the Zipper, it's and, called and the Zipper. The, the only thing that comes to my mind are bad. Yeah. Oh, it, it, and this very much qualifies as one of those. Th- if you had to describe, I know we're getting uh, off a wrestling discussion here, Carl, but if you had to describe to somebody that hasn't experienced it, what would you describe the zipper as? So look at an actual zipper, <laughs> okay? And you've got the the, uh, the the little metal piece that you use to zip it up. So that there is, is a pod that people are inside of. So now it's literally going up and around in a continuous circle as if it's going you're zippering it up and zippering it down now while you're inside that pod as well some of them would actually turn as well so not only are you going up but you're also going around and around and around and as you come back down 
works exactly as a zipper works, up and down, up and down. That's what this thing would do, but just in a uh, cylindrical motion, and that pod that you're in is beneath that. See, I don't do none and of that stuff. I don't do that. <laughs> I don't do roller coasters. <laughs> I, I don't do nothing like that. And like, I don't do airplanes. And the, you know. and the other thing crazy about that, too, that Carl forgot to mention, that whole apparatus, too, like uh, as that's kind of going around, you know, this thing is spinning, that part, too, is also spinning around. So it's like a, it's like a triple whammy, right? So uh, yeah. it was, uh, yeah, I, I lost many a length on that one. I don't understand why people do that to themselves. <laughs> like, this looks like freaking torture. Uh, this is what we did in Soviet like, Union. Here, 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 if you want a fun game to play, right? Like, why don't you take a towel, put it over your face, and then put your head underneath of a faucet, and uh, you know, just keep it there for you know thirty seconds or so. It's called waterboarding, and all the kids are doing it these days. No, it's a terrible idea. Why would you want to do something that's purposely going to make you like puke all over people? Like, you know, like, like puking in some kind of an enjoyable experience. What is wrong? <laughs> hey, this ride wasn't limited to just kids, right? It had a dinosaur too. I've never seen the zipper. <laughs> I'll have to send you the YouTube video so you can get the, the full appreciation oh, of it. Uh, awful! It, it does. Miserable. It does sound awful. Um, all right, let us get to our breaking news clip. All right, so for our breaking news segment, uh, I guess I'll just kind of reiterate uh, on a couple of things here. Of course, we kicked off the show, of course, Mr. Paul Orndorff passing away today, uh, one of the, the greats from the professional wrestling business, especially in those early days of us all watching. And the other thing that I mentioned earlier, too, I wanted to make mention of uh, Chelsea Green making a debut at ROH uh, Best in the World. Interested to see. They, they, they have um, an interesting women's roster there, and I think that they could – do some pretty cool stuff there. I'm, uh, I, I was expecting her to land an impact, but definitely surprised and, and kind of happy that she uh, landed there. And um, I'm curious to see what uh, she can do over there. What do you think, Carl? It, I mean, it's it's a good acquisition for them, I think. Yeah. And a lot of people, you see uh, the social media posts from the uh, Smarks that are saying, like, worst wrestler ever, this is bullshit, yeah. not a good thing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Screw them. Who cares? Yeah. Are they in there doing this? No. Can they even get in there and Probably do that? Not. Probably not. So shut your f***ing mouth. Yeah. And uh, if you don't want to watch her, change the channel. There you go. Um, Very well yeah, put. It, it, it's currently Monday, July 12th at 4.03 p.m. on the East Coast here in the States. Is she hurt yet? No. Okay, I, I'm sure by I'm I'm sure by four o'clock mm-hmm. on the East Coast she will be. I hope not. Uh, I, I I I like Chelsea Green, but she she can't stay healthy. I mean yeah. that that's been kind of the problem with her for the last five six years, right? Like yeah. she gets healthy, she comes back, she gets hurt. Um. So and, and that's to me not what Impact needs right now. No, very well put. Um. Uh, yeah. Like I said, uh, hopefully she can stay healthy and put on some great matches because when she is. I I find her highly entertaining. I, I was, I'm hoping maybe she even gets a chance to do that that hot mess Chelsea Green character. I'm a big fan of of that. I think uh, it's a character that she plays pretty well. So we'll, we'll see how it kind of pans out for her. Like I said, I'm a fan of the Women of Honor uh, division over there, and I like to see some uh, some good things happen out of that. So, all right, boys, let us get to our match of the week segment. Well, does anybody? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Anybody else have breaking news? Oh, I, I completely forgot. Uh, Carl, what, uh, do you have any breaking news that you want to get to? I'm sorry. I apologize. I, I jumped the gun there. You you took mine. That's what I had. Um, I mean, you mentioned it at the beginning of the show. Uh, Chelsea Green. Yeah. But, I mean, we've, we've got another guest here as well. Yes. Does he have any type of breaking news for us? Uh, nope. All right. I got, I got nothing, man. No, I no big nothing. deal. Just, uh, I, just I, I guess it out there, making the, sure that the the only breaking news that I saw over the course of the weekend was Conor McGregor's ankle. So you know that might be like the most pro wrestling thing that happened this week was that that fight and the lead up to it and the fallout of it. That may have been the most pro wrestling thing that happened this week in pro wrestling, and it wasn't even pro wrestling. That, this is a perfect example <laughs> of why I don't watch UFC. Yeah. You know, like I, we, we tuned in just to see the end of that fight. We saw like maybe the last three, four or five minutes of the fight. Yeah. 
and it sucks. Like I'm, I'm not a Conor McGregor fan in any way, shape, or form. But anybody yeah. that's trying to tell me that Poirier had anything to do with that yeah. is insane. I mean, yeah. the dude's ankle just snapped right underneath <laughs> his own weight. I mean, that's... it's just it was brutal. Yeah, I had visions of Psycho Sid jumping off the top turnbuckle there. That looked really, really uh, bad. For so. me, it was Anderson Silva. When Oof. Anderson Silva snapped his leg doing leg kicks. Oof. I mean, like it, it's just that sport. It's it's going to happen, but anybody yeah. trying to tell me that Dustin Poirier is absolutely without a shadow of a doubt a better fighter than Conor McGregor today is insane. Absolutely, I would agree. Okay, now we can get to our match of the week segment. All right, since we have Mr. Jargo here this week, I will throw it over to you, my friend. What was your favorite match from this past week? Uh, my favorite match of this past week, boy, that's a hard one, man. That's a hard one because <laughs> I'm not sure that I've watched any professional wrestling in the last week. Um, hmm. Hmm. Your most favorite yeah, recent no, match. I, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to put over cause I, I don't think I've had a chance to talk about it with you guys as of yet. Joe, I know I sent you this match. Mm-hmm. Um, Utami Hayashida versus mm-hmm. Siri from, uh, the stardom show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, mm-hmm. Meltzer gave it five and a quarter stars. I believe it was nice. Uh first women's match going back to like Monami Toyota and the all Japan women to receive five stars. Um, even Sasha and Bailey didn't get five stars out of uh, Meltzer, which is, you know, yeah. partially on Meltzer's shoulders because that was <laughs> clearly a five star match. But Siri and Utami uh, absolutely freaking tore it down for stardom. Uh, the match goes roughly 48 minutes. Uh, Carl, you will love the psychology to this match, right? So you have Siri, who has dedicated this match to her, her dead mother because uh, she's not going to be around long enough to. Uh, see her win the championship and utami comes back and says it's a good thing that your mother's dead considering what i'm gonna do to you i mean so like the the build-up going into this thing pretty freaking intense right uh all the title matches inside of stardom have a 30 minute time limit they go to a 30 minute time limit draw siri gets on the mic and is like i'm still good you want to go again and utami's like yep so they start uh they have another championship match that ends about 18 minutes into it by double knockout. Neither woman could answer the 10 count at a certain point. Fantastic match. Great storytelling. At this point, it's my match of the year. Uh, Men's, women's, American, Japanese. Like it is the best pro wrestling match I have seen this year. It is currently available on YouTube. Uh, Just look up stardom, uh, Cinderella, june 12th 2021 so i guess it was about a month ago at this point but fantastic stuff highly recommend anybody check it out stardom is on fire once again promotion of 2021 nice nice what about you carl what was your favorite match from this past week uh cwe adrenaline episode number eight nice we had an um an elite eight showcase Featuring four of the guys that are going to be in the Elite Eight tournament that is happening. Um, Rich King teamed with Sean Martins to take on Mentolo and Jude Dawkins. Um, I mean, just a, a classic tag team match. It actually opened up the show. It was fantastic to see. Everything was great. I loved it. Loved it. Nice. Great to see them back touring in Canada as well. For, for those who aren't aware, uh, for our, our American listeners uh, down south, um, CWE is essentially one of the only Canadian promotions that actually tours across the country. They basically go from the west coast of Canada uh, pretty much to Quebec now. They haven't quite gotten all the way to like Nova Scotia and New Brunswick or not, but, uh, and they're back doing their thing. Uh, just actually the other night, our friend uh, Chris Parrish uh, had a match with the CWE as well. CWE as well there, so I'm hoping maybe there'll be some footage of that to come for you guys to watch. But yeah, just great, man, to see uh, Danny and uh, the boys are back running, uh, Not maybe not quite at full capacity, but uh, at least back better than what we were for quite a while there, so... So good to see that. Uh, For myself, my match of the week is coming from Ring of Honor, specifically from the 2007, sorry, 2016 Death Before Dishonor, Kazuchika Okada versus Dalton Castle. Uh, Fantastic match. It's one of these ones where you can watch for free on YouTube. I mean, Okada is Okada. 
and Don Castle, like one of my favorite personalities in the professional wrestling business. I mean, just a very unique individual and uh, always puts on great matches and uh, very much so did this with Okada. It's one that you definitely just need to check out. Uh, speaking of Ring of Honor, uh, to, I guess to go back to breaking news a little sure. bit, since I, it, it kind of went over my head that we didn't even talk about this, uh, Bandito, the new mm. Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion, yes. defeating Roosh at Best in the World. Congratulations to Bondito. Yeah, very big win. Um, yeah, curious to see what he'll do with that that title. And I'm uh, curious to see what uh, Ring of Honor can do as well. Uh, they can uh, kind of get back on the map again because I think they're flying below the radar of a lot of people, even myself uh, recently as well. So The product is really good right now. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, uh, Best in the World was their first show with fans back inside of the arenas. Yeah. And it, it's really kind of been a, a moment of transition for Ring of Honor as it, the, the talent roster, there's a lot of really, really good talent, not a whole lot of names to put butts in seats right now. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see where they go going forward. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, we will take a brief break here, here from our friends over at Collar and Elbowbrand.com, and we'll come back with our showstopper segment for this week. Wrestling a love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand, the wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Dictionary defines hero as a person who is admired or idealized for courage, outstanding achievements, or noble qualities. Being a hero in life is far more than words printed on a page. It takes an unwavering code, a compass that points true north always. And in times like these, it takes sacrifice. Hero shouldn't be a word defined by a dictionary. It's a word that should be defined by the best of us. Hero has a new definition. All right, guys, Mighty Joe, Carl Careful, and Mr. Jargo back here on Turnbuckle Talk. And as you heard from our friends over at CollarAndElbowBrand.com, use our promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout. You'll get 10% off your entire order, including that hat on top of Carl's head every single week, and that Canadian-inspired Collar and Elbow shirt, which I'm uh, hoping is still available on that store because that is a nice shirt as well. Or is it not available anymore? It is not available anymore. Oh, okay. Well, then you have... One that is uh, hopefully highly sought after, and maybe they'll bring it back because I think it would be very cool to have it back. So, all right, guys, let us get to our showstopper segment for this week. All right, so for our showstopper segment this week, we unfortunately have to bring up a topic that I frankly hate talking about. But I think it's important to address it again here. And I know that Carl being an in-ring performer previous, I know this is something that bothers him as well. Um, Fans climbing into the ring or getting over the barrier and getting involved here. Um, Specifically, most recently, we're talking AEW during a segment with Chris Jericho and MGF. Um, Carl, this is something that uh, I'm upset still happens even current day. Um, Why is this continuing to happen here? Everybody wants their little 15 minutes of fame. That's what it is. Figuring that they can get into the ring and go toe-to-toe with some of the best in the world. Unfortunately, um, as even witnessed on AEW, you're just going to get popped in the face. That's all that's going to happen. And if you do somehow make it inside of that ring, um, alliances are formed between these two competitors that are inside that ring, and they're just going to beat your ass down. And they're not going to think anything of it. And they're just going to continue to beat you until security can get there. And if you're at a local independent show, you could probably be sent to the hospital 
by these competitors inside the ring because normally there is not very much for security that is there. So not only are you going to have these two that are inside of the ring or four, if it's a tag team match that you decide to step into, but you're also going to have the entire roster come out from the back to help out their boys. And they're just going to beat your ass down and you're going to be messed up. Don't do it. People. It's stupid. You've paid money to go and see some professional wrestling. Sit there and enjoy the professional wrestling because you know if you do this halfway through the show, you're being kicked out. You've now wasted your money. Don't be an idiot. Yeah, because, I mean, once you cross that barrier, that even that literal barrier, I mean, you're you're crossing into a world that maybe they think that they know, but they really don't, and then you're messing with people's livelihoods here. I, I mean, just, and then some people will get upset. Well, how come the person jumping in the bear, how come they, they got beat up or the wrestlers got physical? Dude, like once you cross over into their world, I don't know if I can speak for every single wrestler out there, but they're going to kick the shit out of you. You're working behind the counter at your Starbucks or McDonald's or uh, Burger King or whatever have you, and somebody climbs over that uh, uh, counter. What are you going to do? You're going to run? You're going to run away and back off? You're going to punch the guy in the face or the girl in the face? I don't care who it is. You, You get into my space, you're getting punched in the face. Yeah, It's the same thing. You're going into their working environment. Yeah, You're crossing over that counter. Into their world? No. Yeah. You get what you deserve. Very well put, I would say. Jargo, what's what's your whole take on these shenanigans? Don't be an idiot. I mean, yeah. anybody who is dumb enough to do that deserves what's about to happen to them. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's really genuinely how I feel about it. I mean, like, but you want to talk about best in the world, right? Yeah. The best in the world is Chris Jericho. Yes. And Jericho actually making that part of that promo when he made the comment about how he should have just let that Mark beat his ass. I popped yeah. huge. Yeah. Cause this isn't the first I time mean, he's had to deal with that. Right. So let, leave it to Jericho, yeah. y- you know, but yeah. he's the master. Yeah. yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it. You deserve everything that happens to you. If you are dumb enough to do that. Yeah. It's, it would be like, and it could be even like worse. Like let's say if you're dumb enough to do that during like an MMA fight or like a boxing match, guaranteed you're going to get effed up guaranteed. But uh, just because maybe they, they think that, uh, Oh, this is a choreographed thing. So if I get involved, nothing's going to happen to me. You could not be further from the truth. And it's the same thing. (laughs) I, there's this new trend in the NBA of fans trying to run onto the court. They deserve to have their ass beat too. Yeah. Uh, You you do this during an NFL game. Guess what? I I hope all 22 of those giant men who, you know, just eat nothing but meat and chicken and, and, you know, try to put on as much weight as they possibly can. I hope they all pound you into oblivion. Yeah. I mean, like I, I just, I have no sympathy for this crap, you know, and I used to, I used to. And, uh, being inside of the world of music, uh, there's not a whole lot of things that I can, you know, like nine 11 is like, you know, I can tell you where I was, what I was doing, uh, when Dimebag Daryl got shot on stage. Yeah. Like th- th- that was the end of it for me. Yeah. Now you, you don't know who these freaking crazy people are. No. And the wrestlers don't either. And you know what? Inside of the ring in a kayfabe world, they may not like each other, but they will team up together to whip your ass. Guaranteed. <laughs> Guaranteed. All right. Well, I think that's, I think we've all worded about as best that we can in that. And then hopefully it's not a topic that I w- will bring up again because it sickens me that it still happens. So again, to reiterate what everybody said, just don't do it. It is dumb. You know what? I take it back. I take okay. it back. I think I think that all these Mark Tard fans should start <laughs> rushing the ring, um, preferably during a Nick Gage match. Oh, I God. hear that he oh, loves God. that. <laughs> I hear he just loves it when fans storm the ring on him. So uh, all you freaking Mark Tards, if you if you want to storm the ring, <sighs> make sure or Minoru Suzuki. Um, I, I hear he's a big, you know, people person. If you want to storm a new Japan ring, make sure that it's during a Suzuki match, uh, on the independent scene though, be, be sure Nick Gage, that's your guy. And he's friends with David Arquette. How bad can he be? 
Right. Oh, wait. I, I, I don't think they're necessarily friends. I don't think so. But yeah, that would be um, be pretty much a uh, an attempted murder, I think, at that point. I don't think there'd be any attempted to. Yeah, it'd be a successful murder. Yeah, don't Justifiable do homicide yeah, is what it would be. Again, don't do it, folks. It's it's stupid. Just don't do it. Unless it's a Nick Gage match. Family. If you're dumb enough to rush a Nick Gage match... Or the Briscoes, if you're at a Ring oh, of Honor man, show. I can imagine. You know, PCO, like, PCO. Yeah. 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 Man. Imagine Pierre Carolette. Yeah. He's a, I've been, I've met him in person. Big boy. Don't mess he's with him. Man. Don't mess with him. You, you just don't want to. He's a big French Canadian. He will kick your ass. Pure and he simple. Loves to talk. Pure and simple. Loves yeah. to talk. Loves to talk. Yeah. yeah. Sat down for a 15 minute interview with PCO. Went an hour. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> very cool dude very cool dude a lot of respect for that man uh, to still be doing after all these years alright boys I guess that about wraps up here for this week before we go let's uh, go around the proverbial table here and get our plugs in before we head off Mr. J Jargo what did you have going on outside of what we're doing right now these days so you're going to be mm-hmm. even today I know you're really really busy so I'm, I'm a podcasting whore man <laughs> if you got a podcast and you need a host you need a co-host you need a producer you need a guest like whatever I'll, chances are I'll do it Right. I'll, I'll rearrange my schedule and I'll find a way to do it. Um, you can find me over at the big Vito brand over on Patreon. I'm going to be sitting down with uh, Vito and Virtue to uh, do a show here in just a couple of hours. And then uh, Virtue and I are starting a new wrestling show this week. Uh, it's going to run about 20 minutes. So that should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that. Uh, you can also catch me, of course, on the Hitting the Marks podcast with Jargo and RBB, where uh, my, my favorite Huckleberry and I sit down and we dissect all of the media going on throughout the world as best that we can uh, and then of course uh destino a new japan pro wrestling podcast which is kind of my home away from home uh i will be sitting down with the gag from down under my man jimmy t this week we're gonna talk about a yes. summer struggle and kind of preview wrestle grand slam so I'm, I'm looking forward to that a new episode of destino sometime this weekend uh, michaeljargo.com uh, social media at not jargo even though chances are i'm not going to talk to you unless i already know who you are um but yeah feel free drop a line hit me up chances are i will be inside of the 203 nice beautiful all right carl let us know about our sponsors before we head out here for today uh, we heard from one sponsor already and that's color and elbow brand check them out color and elbow brand.com promo code jk podcast get you 10 percent off Brand new or even clearanced merchandise. Our other sponsor is Phoenix at fnxfit.com. If you need uh, workout supplements or even something comfortable to work out in, go and check out fnxfit.com. Use promo code TBTALKPOD and you're going to get 15% off your entire purchase. And don't forget about our non-sponsored Dr. Pepper. Everybody make sure you go out and grab some Dr. Pepper. Absolutely. I'm going to have to get some on this program as well so we could share in a Dr. Pepper drink, which we haven't done yet on this program. So I'll have to look into that. Uh, Coming up this week for Turnbuckle Rewind, we are going back to 2002 Survivor Series, uh, Victoria versus Trish in that hardcore match that they had that show. That'd be an interesting one to break down. Actually, Josh Robinson's pick over at Love Wrestling. So I'm sure he'll uh, get a pop out of that one. Looking forward to breaking that one down with here with with Carl. a matchup that was uh, very different from what was going on during that time, and uh, those girls brought it in that match, and uh, it's going to be a good one to cover. All right, Carl, it is time to go. Jargo, again, thank you for being on the program here this week. We will see you guys on the next one. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheMarks.com. And I invite everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk. But check out all of our other shows. We have content, especially up by the flagship show. You can find that all at HittingTheMarks.com. Run.